Kunda, he can hit them. Does so! Oh, what a goal! Oh, the power! The dip! The flips! Everything you want, and you never write off. Nestor here and Kunda. Through for Rashford. He has a chance! And when he has a chance, it always seems to work out for him. Marcus Rashford, the informed player at the moment. It's found Ninkovic and a chance for Morello. Goodness me, he's on fire at the moment. Brandon Morello is turning into a real potent threat for the red and black. McGregor, Moy, Hatate beyond him. It's Hatate across. Kyogo again. A double double in the final. And it might just be Celtic Silver Line Sunday. Yes, hello again. Simon Hill back in the chair alongside Alex Brosk tonight for the latest edition of the Global Game. Thanks to Adam Peacock for keeping the seat warm last week. Lots to talk about again on the show this evening. Here's what's coming up. We'll review Pride Celebration Round as Brisbane roar again. A first win under their new interim coach, Nick Green, who will join us on the show. It's the Big Blue this weekend. Sydney FC defender Jack Rodwell is with us to assess how important this fixture is for both clubs. Spencer Pryor reviews the weekend's Premier League and Carabao Cup final action as Manchester United break their five-year trophy drought. Alicia Carnabas on the Matildas' latest fixture announcement and the Liberty A-League as Western United close in on their first piece of silverware. And Paul Williams is with us for Football Asia as Jurgen Klinsmann gets the coaching gig with South Korea. It's all to come right here on the Global Game between now and 11 o'clock Eastern on SEN. Yeah, great to be back after my week off. Hope you're all well and enjoyed your football across the weekend. As ever, we've got a couple of prizes to give away on the show tonight. A Global Game t-shirt from Strip Tees. And a double pass to an A-League game of your choice. So get involved. Give us a call. 1300 01 1170. Text us 0457 736 736. Or you can tweet us at Global Game SEN. Time to say good evening to the two Alexes. Brosk and Molchanov. Did you miss me? We did. We did immensely. <laughs> How was your holiday? It's very nice, actually. A couple of days in Canberra. Oh, yeah. Okay, very nice. The nation's capital. We had a lovely couple of days. Seen a few museums. <laughs> went to the pub and... You know? Nice. Adam had suggested he thought you might be opening for Harry Styles. Any truth <laughs> yeah, to those rumours? Not my bag, really. <laughs> as you will well know by the title music of this show. Uh, let's get into it, guys, with Starter for Five. Question one, Alex Brosk. The Women's World Cup legacy. Bigger participation numbers would represent a success or bigger fan numbers for club games are the benchmark, nothing less. No, I think it has to be uh, bigger fan numbers for club games. I think that has to be the benchmark. Look, women's football is growing at a rapid rate around the world. 
So, you know, even here in Australia, participation numbers, you know, definitely on the way up already. But attendance numbers at our club games, that's where we're still lagging. That's the elephant the, in the room, isn't it? Right. I said this on Twitter today and sparked a bit of a conversation. Uh, it was actually in response to an article. It, it was in the West Australian, uh, uh, James Johnson talking about legacy. And this is, this is not a pop of James Johnson or Football Australia because they don't run the leagues anymore. But I assume that they're in partnership with the APL and the two are interdependent, aren't they? One needs the other to be successful. And at the moment, I don't think, particularly with regards to the women's game, the Liberty A League is not getting big enough crowds. Mm, no, no. The, I mean, the men's game isn't either, let's mm. be honest. No, it isn't. But it is up there, you know, I guess from a worldwide perspective. It's in the top 20 mm. or whatever it is, leagues in the world. I think the, the women's game, when you look at scenes around the world of what the women's games what's happening. Are, are, are achieving, we're, we're so far behind. Yep. Okay, question two. Alex Molchanov, 34 red cards dished out in the A-League men's this season, including... 26 straight reds. Referees are too quick on the draw or play by the rules, and the numbers will drop for sure. Well, just as you've had your say, Simon, I've <clears throat> tweeted about this a couple of times. There are just red cards. I think Brian Kaltak, he's been sent off three times. I think you could argue all three that he shouldn't have been. <laughs> it's just been that sort of season. And I, you know, I did some research this week. One in three games is about what we're averaging in the A-League. Compare that to the EPL, and I'm not saying this is correct. They're about one in 12 this season, which I actually think is too little. If you go to something a little bit more comparison, the uh, comparative the J League last year had one in about six and a half. Uh-huh. They had 44 red cards across 306 games. So that's the sort of rate that we're comparing it. I just think it's way too high. You think the, the threshold is is too, too low, low for a, for a red card? It's too low, uh, and yeah. I know part of that's because of the VAR, and no part of it's because of the way that referees are being instructed to view it. For me, right. it's just. You've got to let players make mistakes occasionally yeah. and, and not be walking off the pitch. Well, if you remember, we, we had Nathan McGill on the show pre-Christmas when he said we're going to get to the World Cup break and then we're going to you know, have a look at it and maybe reassess. But, and see but how many more red cards we can give out. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's very cynical of you, Alex. <laughs> uh, question three, Alex Bross. Nestori Irankunda. Next season he'll be overseas or keep him here to develop for another 12 months, please. Look, as good a job as uh, Carl Viet is doing with, with him and, and with other youngsters, um, so this is definitely nothing on him. I just think the sooner he goes, the better. So obviously he can't go until he's 18 as per the rules. So the moment he turns 18, he needs to go. I, I think pl- young players, um, they need to go. They need to go through the club systems while they're still young enough for clubs over there to take more of a chance on them. If they go, If they stay here, how much more development are they going to get? Well, he's going to get regular game time. I mean, at the moment, he's not starting regularly. Uh, he's beginning to do that, but he's not had a full season. Personally, I'd like to see him stay for a year. You can sign for a club and mm. come back on loan for a season. If a club is happy and I to think do that, that would, yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that depends on the buying club, but I think that would be the best solution. We see too many Aussies, young Aussies, go overseas and they disappear. And two years later, they re-emerge back in the A-League to almost start again. Mm. And I think it would be good for him. He's only 17. He's got many, many years ahead of him. That's only my view. But, but I, no, because I do wonder if, I mean, is there anything to suggest that staying an extra year or two changes that? Well, no, not necessarily. But I just think it's it's better to be playing senior football, isn't it, rather than it be either sat on a bench or, or playing for junior teams. Anyway, maybe you've got a thought on that at home. 
1300 Question four, Alex Molchinov, Jacob Farrell at centre-back. The new Kai Rolls, we've lost the music. Or left-back, <laughs> we've been going on too long. Or left-back is the better of his two roles. I prefer him at fullback still, but he was very impressive over the I weekend, he was, wasn't he? he was as excellent. a makeshift yeah. centre-half. I think when everyone's back fully fit, he'll move back out to the flank, particularly because of what he offers the Mariners going forward. I'm not saying he's a particularly attacking fullback, but he can do that role effectively. I think as he gets bigger, you could see him move into the middle. Absolutely. He's still built like a bit of a, a beanpole, Jacob. He's still got a bit of growing to do into that body. Which is probably why he's out there. But I, I do think... Um, from a technical point of view, um, with what you see out of you know your wing backs these days and, and how crafty they have to be and getting up and down, delivering good service, um, I think he'd be better suited as a centre half. He's hard. Ta- he's a hard, you know, young mm, player as well, which I like. So I think that probably will be the progression. I may be wrong. It was actually Danny Vukovic who actually said he's he's you know looks like Kai Rolls mm-hmm. in that position, and I agree. I thought he was he was very very good at the weekend. Apparently, he's played there before. I think for Valentine in the Northern yeah. uh, New South it's Wales it, yeah. uh, competition in in the MPL. So he's not new to that particular role. Uh, good problem for uh, Nick Montgomery mm-hmm. to have. Of course, he can play him in either position. Uh, question five, Broski, you get the last one. Another trophy for Ange Postacoglu. <laughs> We've asked this one a few times as well. The Premier League is starting to beckon or he'll want to stay at Celtic another year or two, I reckon. Um, look, it, it'll just depend on whether he thinks he can, you know, maintain this dominance that he's been able to achieve over the last couple of years and keep consistently getting that level of performance out of these players. Um, if he does, he may, but... Look, I do think the time is right. You know, he's had a couple of years now and, and you know, he's very ambitious. I, I'd say he's done what he's had to do at Celtic, did what nobody thought he could do. Um, it's time for him to move. He's got a lot of passion for that club, though, hasn't yeah, he? You he could does. tell that with the celebrations with the fans after the game, mm. uh, with them, when them winning the Scottish League Cup for the second year in a row against Rangers at the weekend, and he goes and thumps the badge and, and pumps the fist. And he mentioned that in his comments, didn't he, about yeah. um, you know that the fact that he loves that passion, <clears throat> that it's reciprocated, right? You know, yeah. what he feels, he's, he's feeling in the stands as well. So you're right, maybe that's enough to keep him there. Who knows? Okay, thanks, guys. That was uh, Starter for Five. We've got a text from Angus in Malvern, regular listener to the show. Evening to you, Angus. Uh, do you guys know why Andrew Naboot isn't starting for City? Apart from the odd spark, like on the weekend, Marco Tilio hasn't done much, says Angus. <laughs> I think Naboot is much more impactful. He's great off the bench with his physicality and speed, but I think he is better starting. Have you got a view on that, uh, Broski? Look, I think it was it was time for Tilio to start getting starts. You know, yep. I think he moved from Sydney to do that. And, you know, in the first season or two, he was still coming off the bench, having that impact. But that's because that front three that they had was was um, playing so well. I think uh, he, he's waited his time uh, or his turn. Um, he's been given the opportunity. Uh, for me, he's taken it. I think he's been excellent. You know, yeah. I think, um, you know, now it's up to Naboo to try and win that back. But Tilly has been great and deserves the chance as a young player to keep Well, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches, really, for Rado Vidicic, mm. isn't it? And, of course, now with Matt Leckie going to be out for a few weeks, that might open the door for Naboot to get uh, a regular start. And it's up to him to take it. But uh, I agree with Angus that um, he, he's got a lot to offer, Andrew Naboot, and he's probably can count himself a little bit unlucky that he's not starting on a week-by-week basis. Uh, keep those messages coming through on the text line 0457 736 736 or you can tweet us 
at Global Game SEN or give us a call if you fancy. 1300 01 1170 is our number. We're off to our first quick break. On the other side of it, we'll have a chat with Brisbane Raw's new interim boss, Nick Green, who got off to a winning start at the weekend. His Raw team defeating Perth by two goals to one. That's coming up in a couple of minutes.